Before we begin, please note that none of the information in this episode constitutes a recommendation, solicitation, or offer by Galaxy Digital or its affiliates to buy or sell any securities. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Future Proof. So glad to have you here today. We're going to have a great conversation. We're looking forward into next year and beyond our topic. How will you protect your clients if inflation hits? I'm Jonathan Bronstein with Financial Advisor IQ. As always, we are brought to you by Galaxy Fund Management. If this is your first time joining us, Future Proof is focused on digital assets for the modern financial advisor. We hope you like what you hear today and you can listen to all of our past episodes anytime you want. You can find them on Financial Advisor IQ or on your favorite podcast player, Apple, Stitcher, Acast, and Spotify, just to name a few. Just search for Future Proof. And if you do listen to our podcast, please leave us a rating and a review. That way other people can find us as well. One note, this conversation was had before the results of the 2020 election were made clear. Therefore, any references to that election are made without a clear understanding of who would win the presidency, the House, or the Senate. We have a great panel joining us to talk about this topic today. Uh, First, let me introduce you to Howard Coleman. He's the CIO of Coldstream Wealth Management, a firm listed among the Financial Times 300 list of the top RIAs. Hey, how are you? Very well. Thanks for being with us. And we are also joined today by Steve Kurtz, the Head of Asset Management at Galaxy Digital. Hi, Steve. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks. Absolutely. All right. So let's get to it. We have 20 minutes on the clock. As always, Howard, we're going to start with you first. Um, Tell us a little bit about your practice. Yeah. So Coldstream Wealth Management is a $4 billion uh, firm with assets under advisory. Uh, I am the Chief Investment Officer. I also serve as the general counsel because my background is a lawyer. Um, we do the full panoply of investment alternatives, uh, investments for our high net worth and ultra high net worth clients, um, essentially stocks, bonds, and alternatives. Um, my background is initially I was a securities lawyer for years, but that's, that's a long time ago. And then I began working um, at a hedge fund of funds for about 13 years, uh, which Coldstream bought and I moved over to the traditional side uh, of assets and was um, running a fund of funds there and then eventually became chief investment officer for the firm. Well, thank you for being with us. Um, the Fed's lower for longer policy may take years before inflation you know, even begins to hit that 2% target over time. But uh, along the way, there could be periods of higher inflation. So Howard, a question first to you, you know, how would you invite how would you advise clients that may be worried about how inflation would affect their portfolio and and and, and what do you expect to happen in, in, in the shorter and in middle term yeah so in the in the short term i think there's enough slack in the economy that inflation should not be an issue at least for the next six nine months probably a year uh, after that i think it's it's a close call as to what's going to happen we're certainly um going to debase the dollar um with the amount of debt we're incurring. But at the same time, you know, the demographics in this country have changed. Uh, we're an 
aging population. We have not been able to get GDP growth above 2%, and I'm not sure we'll be able to do that going forward. So you really have competing factors. I think inflation is a significant possibility, but it's not a certainty. Uh, in any event, I think you need to think going forward about what you will do in client portfolios in the event it does happen, and we have given that considerable thought. Sure, Steve, what, uh, what, what do you think? Well, I don't disagree about the slack in the economy. I think there's there's a, the monetary uh, side of things is, is very well locked in. And of course, there's the, the fiscal side alongside of that. Um, some of this is path dependent, uh, depending on how the election goes. If, if you have a, a blue wave, so to speak, you might have, um, you know, on some level, a, a, a higher level of fiscal spending that, that can translate to uh, a, a quicker sort of recognition of the inflationary um, concerns. Uh, but 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 I, I generally agree with what Howard said. This is um, this is a longer term story. It is about dollar debasement. Of course, uh, you always have to ask relative to what, and so the U.S. dollar has to be compared to the rest of the world. Uh, and I think that what's what's unique about COVID is it really does, for the first time in human history, impact every single person. And so, on some level, uh, we're in uncharted territory. And on some level, on the fiscal side, whether it's one, two, or three trillion. Uh, you know, these are still just such big numbers as a percentage of our GDP. Uh, we don't really know what's going to happen. And I think some of the uncertainty as it comes to talking to clients about portfolios uh, comes from that fundamental fact. And, and so it would be disingenuous, I think, for Howard or me or anyone to say we're sure about what's going to happen in portfolios, depending on different uh, inflation scenarios. Uh, but but, but it's, it's very clear that um, the patterns uh, of the next five or 10 years are different than the patterns of the last five or 10 years. And so it does, it is a moment to sort of mark and really take a step back and think about asset allocation. So uh, let's talk about strategies a little bit. Howard, um, you know, inflation is not a guarantee, but it could happen. So if, uh, if inflation signs start to show themselves, what are your preferred hedges? Well, we have some hedges already built into our client portfolios, um, and I wouldn't call them hedges in the way that they would react well to inflation, um, but they're also good assets generally. So I would put in that bucket real estate, which historically does well in an inflationary environment, um, infrastructure, um, because, for example, if you have a utility, they, they're, gonna, they're regulated, they're going to get a guaranteed return. Um, and so they should do well in inflation. I think one of the new things related to infrastructure is alternative energy, um, because again, they'll be selling their power to the grid and the price that that will pay will be, um, will be modified uh, based on whatever inflationary environment there is. Um, historically, of course, commodities have been a hedge. And then there's the old, dust off the old playbook, which is tips, but you have to be a little bit careful with tips because TIPS really deals with inflation expectations. So if there's inflation expectations higher than when inflation actually happens, your TIPS really don't do as well as you might think they would. So TIPS are typically a good play, but that really depends on how they're valued. So that, that's kind of the panoply of things that we think about um, that have good inflation hedge. One others that we don't have in our portfolio right now, and, and we don't have TIPS in our portfolio or much commodities either, but those would be part of the playbook, um, is floating rate debt. Um, so bank loans, uh, they're certainly something you wouldn't do in, they're challenged in this environment given COVID and the possibilities of bankruptcy, but bank loans are typically floating rate. So that also will give you a, a somewhat of an inflation hedge. So those are some of the tools that you have 
um, to think about if the environment turns uh, inflationary. Will, will floating rate work as well if the Fed is keeping the rates low uh, despite inflation? No. I mean, if you have a disparity, um, well, it depends. Let me say it depends. It depends on what the spread above treasuries is. So if, if you maintain a tight spread above treasuries, it'll be a terrible investment. But if spreads widen, which I would expect them to do in an inflationary environment if the Fed is keeping interest rates low. Uh, but although, you know, at some point the Fed, if there is significant inflation, will tighten as well. So um, you would expect the Fed to, if the Fed maintains low rates because they're comfortable with four or 5% inflation, then I think you would see spreads blow out. But if the if spreads remain tight, you're correct. Floating rate debt um, would not be a good place to be. All right, um, Steve. So one one of uh, one of the strategies that Howard mentioned was commodities, and and we often talk about Bitcoin as digital gold. So uh, should FAs be considering Bitcoin or other digital assets as viable hedges? Well, yes. I think to take a quick step back, you know, the, there is there are different phases of this. And, and to, to Howard's point, the anticipation of inflation and, and the slack in the economy and, and how sequentially this plays out means different things at different moments in time. Uh, I think I think for us at Galaxy, when we think about this macro context and we think about digital assets and Bitcoin, we think about Bitcoin specifically uh, as a way to play offense against this environment, not just, I mean, inflation implicitly feels like something you have to defend against, something you have to hedge against, and that's fair. And I think that any hard asset, whether it's gold or Bitcoin or real estate has um, a place in the portfolio, if in fact that's the environment that we're heading into. What, what I think is unusual about um, digital assets by virtue of where we are in the cycle of these assets is that you both have the growth element uh, similar to the other plays of digitization, right? There's a world where you have inflation and accelerating digitization at the same time. And that's as much growth tech stocks as it is about uh, sort of inflation and hedging. And so what's unusual about digital assets is they have characteristics of both of those. And I, I, think, I think that allows you to um, unusually find an asset that can have a return or a multiple uh, on your invested capital at the same time that you have a hedge component. So I think that 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 tool in the toolkit is different and unusual and unique and idiosyncratic to the the nature of what the inflation uh, uh, might be uh, at this moment in time in history, which is very unlike uh, other times in history. So so the answer is is yes. Um, I I don't think that the only head should be Bitcoin or digital assets. I think that's um, I think that's wrong for a few reasons. They're they're not as tested or proven as gold. Um, they're more volatile. Uh, but I think that it's a big enough problem, and, and the liquidity dynamics are so uh, immense in terms of the tsunami of of of, of liquidity that's coming in the pipes uh, that you need a strategic response to this. And I think that digital assets are a tactical component of a strategy for managing this forward period of uh, far more liquidity than we've seen probably in our investing lifetime, certainly in my, uh, in my uh, financial lifetime. Let me, let me make a couple comments on that. Um, first, I, I do agree that you want absolutely assets in your portfolio that can do well in an inflationary environment, but don't kill you now because of the uncertainty. And that's certainly some of the reasons we like uh, real estate infrastructure and alternative energy. In regard to gold, and, and I am not a, um, as, I, as you know, I am not a crypto expert. Um, I know something about it, um, but my personal view is I would take crypto over gold any day of the week. 
um, although we don't have crypto investment right now, just because gold to me, A, it, it's always confusing how gold performs. It doesn't necessarily follow what you think it will. And that's because it, it's a theoretical concept. It doesn't trade. It, it's, it's out there and it's just like, they say a store of value, but I never really understood what that means. Bitcoin, you can actually transact and has actually some real value. What that value is can be uncertain because it's volatile, but it does have actual value. Gold's value is in the solely in the mind of the beholder. And so that always, as you can tell, I'm not a gold bug. So <laughs> if I was choosing Bitcoin and gold, I would, this is me personally, and I'm actually, uh, I, you know, I, I'm inclined to do Bitcoin as much as I would, to be, if not more to gold. Yeah, that, that's that's an interesting viewpoint. I, I believe in the store of value story generally. Um, so so there's a little we, we, we can debate that piece a bit, although I, I, I very much appreciate what you're saying, which is and that gets to the anticipation of inflation. If you go and watch when gold has performed relative to when there's actually been periods of inflation, it's a really uh, it's an interesting story, I, I think. You know, Paul, Paul Paul Tudor Jones actually agrees um, agrees with you in that uh, you know he he says you know the, the 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 where Bitcoin is in its current story actually reminds him of gold in the 1970s um, where people were just learning about it and trying to trying to uh, you know figure out how it fits and where it fits in a portfolio and um, you know he 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 for all those reasons has put Bitcoin ahead of gold in his his stack of hard assets. Uh, you know, at, at Galaxy uh, and, and with Mike Novogratz, our CEO, we're sort of bullish on both. Uh, and, and the view is just that this is this is actually so different than before. And the degradation of the dollar could be so bad that you you may actually think about gold differently as a result of this environment than you have historically. But I, I very much understand the point. Um, it, it's a, it's a, it's a common refrain and um, and it's a fair point. Howard. Um... What uh, you, you mentioned commodities. Uh, what what are your favorite commodities? You know, in uh, in the in this environment right now, I I would buy a basket, essentially, and I you know I would go with a money manager who knew commodities better than I do, um, frankly. Um, but certainly, those commodities that continue to be tied to China expansion, which I think, despite our tensions with China, is going to continue. Things like copper that build out their infrastructure, um, those type of commodities, I think, would be um, pretty desirable. Uh, I'm not sure about oil, uh, given uh, that would not be something I would be jumping on. Plus, we have quite a few clients who are um, not all of our clients, but we have quite a few clients who are, you know, environmentally sensitive and aren't excited about oil, but that's not the bulk of them, but we do have some. Um, but in any event, I'm not sure oil would respond the same way. So um, softs as well um, would be, and timber, all of those I think would be interesting commodities. In terms of a relative value, uh, I would rely on a commodity manager as opposed to picking the commodities themselves. Somebody who lives and, and dies in that space as opposed to an interloper like me. Howard, we, we, we only have a few minutes left. I want to pivot a little bit, you know, in, in the midst of, of the pandemic, the, uh, the, the economic challenges that we have right now, what are the biggest concerns your clients are bringing to you? The biggest concerns, there's concerns about valuation in the market. There's concerns about the debt and inflation. Um, 
And I think people just generally as everywhere are very concerned about their health and how long the lockdown is going to happen and what the impact on the economy is going to be in the short run. I think the big questions that people are thinking about afterwards is once we're over COVID, how much of these changes are going to be permanent? How many are going to be temporary? What's the impact going to be, for example, on the commercial real estate market? Are people going to go to the, back to the office in the same way they've done? What about travel? Is business travel going to be the same? Um, these are questions really looking past COVID. It's really what's the impact of the debt, what we're talking about now, and what impact is COVID going to have on structural changes in the U.S. economy? Those are kind of the big longer term issues that people were thinking about. Sure. And Steve, you know, from, from your perspective as, as an asset manager, what, uh, what, what do you tell uh, FAs whose clients are, are concerned about, you know, issues like that? Well, obviously we're coming at it from a specific lens as a company that that's more focused on crypto, but, but I've worked, uh, you know, in the, in, in the credit world, the rates world, the macro world. And, and obviously, um, you know, as Howard mentions, this is, this is something that affects or has the potential to affect everything. And so I think there's a baseline anxiety as a starting point. Uh, and that anxiety comes from uncertainty of, of, of how these different things play out, but people intuitively feel like things are not going to be the same. And, you know, what, what do we do about that is the main question with all of its derivative forms. So as it relates to a Bitcoin conversation, you know, obviously FAs are, are typically managing money for, let's call it the 50 to 80 year old a cohort. And, and I think a lot of what we've seen has been a concern of, of generational transfer and, and a degradation of, of, of all the assets that are held in, in, in their dollar accounts. And so where we see a lot of Bitcoin uptake, for instance, is uh, I want to put some Bitcoin in a college fund or, or preserve uh, or hedge the, the dollar value of my assets that I've spent my entire life building. And, and just the fact that they're having that kind of thought process tells you how deep some of the anxieties go around the current environment. Um, so, so for us, it's, um, you know, it's, it's not having a myopically crypto approach. It's, it's sort of listening and taking feedback. Uh, I think bonds are something that are, you know, what do we do with what had historically been a bonds allocation to our portfolio? Uh, so you're seeing alternatives become more interesting generically as, as, a, as, a, as a bucket, whether that's underlying hedge fund managers, whether that's, you know, timber, as Howard says, or commodities or Bitcoin, um, and openness to new ideas and openness to replacing fixed income with alternatives. Um, and, then, and then a general anxiety are the biggest points that I would make. Just to follow up to that um, and adding on to it, there's a lot of concern about where a 60-40 portfolio goes going forward in terms of how stocks are valued. And when you have the tenure at 65, 70 bips, what kind of long-term return potential is there? And again, um, uh, we think you're looking for non-correlated assets that can produce a decent return. Um, and that would include, uh, as I said, real estate infrastructure. Those things produce or income producing assets um, that are not necessarily correlated if you have the right type of real estate. Um, certainly office and hotels are not where you wanna be now, but um, medical office might be someplace you wanna be or multifamily housing. But, but types of assets that do generate income that, and infrastructure that give you non-correlated returns are something that's really important. And, and hedge funds, you know, hopefully, and I, I spent a lot of time in that world, they've been very disappointing over the last 10 years. And so hopefully 
they can recover, but it, it will be interesting as to see whether that asset class can do better in the future. Yeah, and, and I would build on that too, just to say that uh, the what, what's unusual and interesting uh, about the current situation is that, and I think it's where the anxiety sort of comes from. It's 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 you 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 have uh, all of the questions about how post-COVID world looks, and then you have the realization that the liquidity dynamics are there. So you're forced to do something. You don't feel good about sitting in cash. And so if you're not sitting in cash, what are you doing? And, and then you go through each of the op options. And you're like, well, that doesn't sound great because you know, look at where the tenure note is or whatever. And you're left with what, what are my choices? Uh, and you know, other people are gonna be deploying capital because of the liquidity dynamics. And so on some level, that's where you do get very uh, sure in your own mind about inflation being the only outcome. But th but then but then that doesn't feel great either um, because it, you know you just don't have a map to really go against um, depending on how things shake out. So I, I, that's that's sort of my anxiety point in a nutshell. Yeah, and and just uh, and I again I do not I do not discount the inflation possibility, but I do look for example at Japan, which has run heavy 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 deficits for a long time and have not been able to generate inflation because of the demographics. So you're going to have those competing uh, competing concerns, but you know we've never been, as you said before, globally in debt like we've been before. This is uncharted territory. So I certainly just do not discount the possibility of inflation. I just don't think it's a, a fait accompli. All right. Well, I'm going to let that be the final word because, gentlemen, we're out of time. Um, thank you so much, uh, both of you, for being with us today. Uh, you've definitely given us a lot to think about. Uh, listeners, we are back every two weeks. If you're not up to date, please do check the archive on Financial Advisor IQ or your favorite podcast app and catch up on all the episodes of Future Proof that you may have missed. This podcast is a production of Financial Advisor IQ, a service of the Financial Times, and is brought to you by Galaxy Fund Management. My name is Jonathan Bronstein, and I produced and edited this podcast. Our music is written and performed by Oliver Mack. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening and have a great day.